Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I need you to survive. Oh, come on, y'all ain't doing it. Turn to another neighbor and say, neighbor, I need you to survive. Oh, yeah, we went Black Baptist Church on you now. But I'm going to throw that remix in for you. And that remix is, say, I need me to survive. Yes, we need one another to survive, but we need to survive too. And with this series for the month of January, this new series that we're getting into, it's called Love Yourself. As I'll say in a moment, we spend a lot of time loving others as we should. But so often we don't spend a lot of time loving ourselves and saying to ourselves, I need you to survive. I need me to survive. The songwriter said, I will not die, but live. Yes. We need to speak that to ourselves. And so we're going to be heeding the unheeded command this month. And we'll get into Matthew. As a matter of fact, turn in your Bibles to Matthew 22. As we get into the unheeded command that we need to heed in terms of loving ourselves. I pray that God liberates us and sets us free today, that the truth would do a work in our hearts, starting with myself. So therefore, I have to look at Jesus, as I always have to look at Jesus, because he is the disciple maker. He is the one that we follow and imitate and emulate. He's the one that the Holy Spirit is conforming us to the image of. So today we're going to look at five ways that Jesus loved himself. Five ways that Jesus loved himself. Let's pray. Thank you, God, that we can be together in your house in your presence, in your love, in your spirit, and now in your word. Lord, would you bless this moment? Lord, help us with the distractions and minds that are quick to wander. Help us to listen. Help us, Lord God, to not only listen and hear, but to then apply your word. Holy Spirit, we need you for both experiences. Really, I need you to teach your word and the people need your help to hear your word and we all need help to apply your word. Thank you that we're not alone. Thank you that you are the helper. We bless you. We love you. We're excited for a new day, a new year, a new hope, new mercy, new opportunities. And we don't have to wait for a new year to come in to experience newness because every day, we have newness because of your grace. Throughout the day, we have newness because of your grace. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm sure you've heard this before. That if you want to have joy, you have to have Jesus first. First. 
others second, and yourself last. Joy, J-O-Y. Some bright people got together and came up with that acronym and broke it down. J is for Jesus first. O is for others second. Y is for yourself last. Very true, because a lot of times we don't have joy because we don't have Jesus first. We're not serving and giving to others. And rather than placing ourselves last, we tend to place ourselves first. But I want to get into that because I think for some of us, we're used to ourselves being last. Stay with me. You've heard deny yourself. Jesus said that if you're going to be my disciple, you must deny yourself. You can't follow me and try to be the one in the driver's seat. Follow me. And in order to do that, you have to deny yourself and pick up your cross so that you might die daily. But how many of us have heard? Again, we've heard yourself last. We've heard deny yourself. But how many of us have heard, love yourself? Love yourself. You see, deny yourself and love yourself are both true. And they can be true simultaneously. I can deny myself and I can love myself. But so often we're taught a kind of Christianity where spirituality is found in denying yourself and making yourself last. But we don't add the compliment to it well And that is God expects us to love ourselves. Again, it's a command, as we're going to see, that is often unheeded. God gives you permission to love yourself. In fact, he even commands you to love yourself. The challenge you and I face is how to love yourself, listen to this, without being a lover of self. How do you love yourself without being a lover of self? Because Paul warned us about this in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. And he says, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. And he keeps going on and on and on. And so he says, one of the signs that will mark the last days coming straight out the gate, number one, is that people will love themselves. Now, wait a minute, pastor, you got me confused. You're telling me that God is telling me to love myself. And then Paul is saying here, one of the signs of the end of the age is that people will be lovers of themselves. Pastor Chris, what's the difference? Philippians chapter two, verse four helps us out a little bit. Where it says, let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let me read it again. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. You see, when you are a lover of self, you will only look out for your own interests. So in the last days, men will be lovers of themselves, meaning that all you care about is, in the words of De La Soul, me, myself, and I. You are self-centered. 
But when you love yourself, you will look out for your own interests and the interests of others. So in other words, a healthy person is someone who's able to understand their own interests and the interests of others. An unhealthy person only sees their own interests. And I might even add an unhealthy minister in the gospel only sees the interests of other people while they don't care for themselves. There's this balance that we must have in the kingdom of God. Because the only centered we really should be is God-centered. Not self-centered, not even other folk-centered, but God-centered. And once God is centered in our lives repeatedly, every day, I repent, Lord. I've been making myself the center. I've been making my problems. I've been making these folk. Lord, I repent. Jesus, uh, I think Israel said, Jesus at the center of it all. So I choose, Lord, to recognize you as the center. And once he is in proper place in my life, other things fall in proper place as well. But self can't be centered, even though I'm called to love myself. Well, in Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 through 40, this is the last week of Jesus' life. He's on his way to Calvary. This is called the Passion Week. He's at the temple for the second time, turning over tables and cleansing it. And, and he's taking authority because he's the son of God and he's also the king of the Jews. But there's much opposition coming against him, mainly from the religious establishment, the syndicate. They're coming strong against him and they're interrogating him. They're asking him a bunch of questions, trying to trap him up. The Sadducees, the Pharisees, the scribes, the, 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 the men of the law, the lawyers. And let's pick it up at verse 34 of Matthew 22. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, don't come up in here with no crazy questions. When he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? He's not asking to learn. He's asking to test or to trip him up, to try to get Jesus to say something that would cause him to be discredited in the eyes of the people. So they're not really coming to the master to listen and learn like the other disciples. No, they're trying to show him up. And when you ask the question, what's the greatest law? For the Hebrew people now, there are a whole lot of laws. There are moral laws called the Ten Commandments, also known as the Decalogue. There are ceremonial laws or priestly laws that the people adhered to. And then there were social laws going all the way down to what they could eat and what they could and could not wear. So they had all these laws, and when you compiled all of them from the Old Testament, there were 613 laws. Not to mention the commentary that they made about each law in the Mishnah and the Talmud. Uh, many times their commentary about how to deal with the Sabbath day had more authority than the word itself. And they're asking Jesus, which one? is the greatest. Knowing that if he says this one, they're going to get him about that one. If he says that one, they're going to get him about this one. But you can't trap the master. Come on now. So what does Jesus do? 
The Bible says in verse 37, Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Stop and pause. He quotes from Deuteronomy chapter 6, which is called the Shema for the Jewish people. Because Shema means hear. And in that passage it says, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. And committed Jews would quote this passage every day. Hear, O Israel, Shema, the Lord our God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with everything that is in you. So Jesus quoted this passage. But then he went on to say in verse 38, this is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Wow. What wisdom. Love God. That's the first and greatest commandment. But also, you cannot escape loving others because the proof that you love God shows up in how you love other people. Because a lot of people say they love God whom they have not seen. And they hate their brother whom they do see. So there's a disconnect here. You, no, 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 no. If you love God and God loves you, love is going to come through you to your neighbor. And Jesus never qualifies and explains who your neighbor is. Your poor neighbor. Your rich neighbor. Your educated neighbor. Your uneducated neighbor. Your Republican neighbor. Your Democratic neighbor. Your gay neighbor. Your straight neighbor. Your Islamic or Muslim neighbor. Your Jehovah's Witness or Mormon neighbor. He just says love your neighbor. But the part we often miss, though, we got that love God, love others. That's the cross, you know, vertical and horizontal, uh, loving God, loving people. But we forget what he said here. Love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, love yourself. Matter of fact, Love your neighbor the way you love yourself because you take care of yourself, don't you? So take care of your neighbor. Oh, Jesus, what great wisdom. So he said, hang everything on Deuteronomy 6 and Leviticus 19, 18. But ultimately, hang everything on love. Vertical love, horizontal love, and personal love are all interconnected and inseparable. Did you hear that? Vertical love, horizontal love, and personal love. As yourself, they're all interconnected and inseparable. So put all the law on love. Spiritual love, relational love, and internal love are all interrelated and inseparable. Jesus, what a great word you gave. Jesus, you are a master. Jesus, wow, because that lawyer in another gospel, he says... Teacher, you have answered well. Come on, bro. Of course, that's all he can do is do all things well. And Jesus said to him, you're not far from the kingdom because you understand what I'm talking about. And so therefore, they didn't ask him any more questions after that because Pharisees said, we better get our boy before he gets converted under all that love that Jesus gave. We, don't ask no more questions. Get him. Pull him out of there. But Jesus, did, did you? Practice what you preached. Jesus, did you love yourself the way you're telling us to love ourselves? And if you did love yourself, how did you do it?
Well, let me give you five ways that Jesus loved himself. Number one, he got along with God. He loved himself to get along with God. Mark chapter 1, verse 35 says, Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed for a solitary place, and there he prayed. So this was after a long day of giving out, of doing ministry, of healing people, of casting out devils, of teaching and preaching in the synagogue. And the next morning, he, he got up early in order to spend time with God because Jesus knew, here it is, he needed soul care. He needed soul care. Psalm 23 verse 3 says that the Lord, who is the shepherd, restores our soul. So Jesus spent all day ministering and he needed to get into the presence of God so that God might restore his soul. Not just to do ministry, but because he loved his father. You see, soul care is self-care. And self-care is not selfish. Soul care begins with us spending time with the lover of our soul. Because how can I love myself if I don't really understand nor appreciate God's love for me? So I got to get into his presence, which means getting away from other people. And Jesus got away from the people. Now, there were a whole lot of needs because they came and found him in this solitary place. And they said, Master, there's some more people here with needs. There's going to always be a bunch of needs. But Jesus said, man, I need to get with my father. And he chose to get up and get with God because he prioritized being in the presence of God. So if Jesus, who is God, had to get into God's presence and away from people, and we know he loved people, but man, I got to go into a solitary place. If Jesus did that, we must do the same as well. Get away from the people and get alone with God so that the lover of your soul can love on you. Because when I am not spending regular time communing in the presence of the Lord, I'm not good with people. I'm just keeping it 100 with you. You want me to get into the presence of the Lord. <laughs> Y'all know what happened to Moses now. He, 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 he lost his temper. He went off. It can happen to each of us. We need to be in his presence. Love yourself enough to get alone in the presence of the lover of your soul. Because if you don't do that, what that means is you're centering yourself. Because you're acting like you don't need prayer. You're acting like you don't need God's word. So you center yourself and you just walk by the prayer closet. You center yourself and you, you say, give me this day, my daily. I'm going to give myself my daily bread. It's about me. But when you get alone in this presence, you see a lot of us say, oh, man, I'm so struggling right now. I need a spa day. Yeah, 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 yeah ain't nothing wrong with a spa day. Get the cucumbers on your eyes and walk around the robe and they do your toes and all that. Man, get you a spa day. Love yourself, but just don't work on that stuff at the spa day because you really need a yah day. Y'all like that? You need a yah day, man. When's the last time you spent a long time with the lover of your soul? Be still and know that I am 
God. Jesus spent time in God's presence. Secondly, he knew when to rest. How did he love himself? He knew when to shut it down. John chapter 4, verse 6 says this. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. So now we're getting into the mystery of the incarnation. That God, who never gets weary, is now weary in Christ. It's the incarnation that Jesus is God and man. It's a mystery. We can't understand it all. The one who could die is the one who also could take his life back from the dead. Y'all, it's a mystery. We're never going to figure it out fully, but we accept it by faith because here is the one who's holding the universe together, sitting down because he's weary. And so Jesus knew when to rest. He sat down. Some of us need to learn this. We've been raised thinking that spirituality is running, 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 trying to make a hundred because 99 and a half just won't do. I'm running. But you're tired. And the reason why God instituted Sabbath or the Shabbat was to remind you that you're not the creator was to remind you that you are human and limited and you need to rest and recharge and you need to trust him with the stuff that you're running so hard to try to take care of as if you can do it. No, rest. Lord, this is your fight, this is your battle, these are your problems, this is your issue. Lord, it's up to you. I'm sitting back. Remember when you were growing up, at least my parents would say to me and Harold, go somewhere And sit down. You're doing too much. And God is saying that to us. Man, go somewhere and sit down. This is going to bless somebody right here. Not only did Jesus sit down, Jesus napped. Yes, he did. He napped. I heard an all right. I heard an amen. Thank you, Jesus. He napped. Matthew 8. Beginning at verse 23, now when he got into a boat, his disciples followed him and suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea so that the boat was covered with waves, but he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him saying, Lord, save us, we are perishing. Again, the mystery of the incarnation, the one who never sleeps is asleep. You got to be tired to sleep on a boat in a storm at night. And waves are coming into the boat. And it must have been a real bad storm because fishermen are afraid. He's still asleep. Again, ministry, life can take a whole lot out of you. He took a nap. Dorena's grandmother lived for how long? 103. And one of the things she said, great-grandmother, is that she took a nap every day. And she also drank a Coca-Cola every day. Don't do that. They, they were built different back then. <laughs> but he napped. And if God has to rest, and if God has to take a nap, we should do the same. I know, you know, we don't do naps, man. That, that's what babies do. That's what old folk do, too. You better take you a nap. 
Write it into your day. Love yourself enough to know when to rest and how to rest. Oh, we're hard-headed. I know I'm hard-headed on that. But thirdly, he set healthy social boundaries. That's how he loved himself. He's going to love himself by setting some healthy social boundaries. Because some of us set boundaries, but they're not healthy. We didn't cuss folk out while we set our boundaries. <laughs> his boundaries were healthy. Number one, he set a boundary with his family. Matthew chapter 12, beginning at verse 46, says, While he was still talking to the multitudes, he's working. Behold, his mother and brothers stood outside, seeking to speak with him. Then one said to him, look, uh, your mother and your brothers are standing outside seeking to speak with you. In other words, they kind of getting on our nerves here. They they, want to talk to you and they're talking to us saying they want to talk to you. My question is, why didn't they come inside like everybody else and sit down and listen to Jesus teach? But see, if you can master boundaries with your family, because sometimes family members will, will, will demand things of you and not think of the fact that you do have work and a job and you do need to have time for the Lord and time for you. Family will push some stuff. And so here Jesus is teaching and his family's like, we want you. Well, did Jesus cave in? Well, verse 48, but he answered and said to the one who told him, who is my mammy? And who are my brothers? And he stretched out his hand toward his disciples and said, Here are my mother, or rather, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. He was talking about there are priorities here. There's a time for everything. I love my family. But y'all are not going to interrupt what I'm doing for the Lord. So I got to set this boundary up and I got to teach y'all. You just can't roll up on me when you want demanding that I come outside. Number one, I'm a grown man. Number two, I'm the son of God. So mothers, stop trying to control your adult sons. He's an adult. Mary was trying to control him. Come out here. What? So, 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 mother, stop, stop, stop doing that now. Let him grow up. He got off the breast a long time ago. Let him grow up. Adult sons, stop allowing your mothers to control you. Well, you don't understand. See, I live in the basement and she get groceries and she helped with my phone bill. And <laughs> Come on now. We see Jesus here setting some healthy boundaries here. But he also set healthy boundaries, social boundaries with his enemies. Matthew chapter 27, verse 11. Now Jesus stood before the governor and the governor asked him, saying, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said to him, it is as you say. And while he was being accused by the chief priests and elders, he answered nothing. Then Pilate said to him, do you not hear how many things they testify against you? But he answered him not a word. So the governor marveled greatly. One way to protect your peace and to have healthy social boundaries with your enemies is not to engage with your enemies. 
The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, know when to answer a fool, know when not to answer a fool. Every fight is not your fight. Just because they invite you to fight on social media or in a text thread, you don't have to take the bait. He kept his mouth shut. He kept his mouth shut because he knew it was going to be a waste of time and a waste of words with these people. You have the right to remain silent. You don't have to respond. Jesus did not respond. Another healthy social boundary was that he said it with his disciples. John chapter 20, verse 16. Jesus said to her, this is at the resurrection, Mary. She turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say teacher. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me. So what is not said in the text is implied is that she grabbed him and clung to him. So he says to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father and to my God and your God. Mary started clinging to him. And Jesus loves Mary. But this was not the time for her to be clinging to him. Why? Because he said, I have not yet gone to my father. You see, I love you, but I love my daddy more. I like being in your presence, but I can't wait to be back in the presence of my father. So in other words, he prioritized relationships, even amongst his disciples. Because had he not said anything, Mary would still be clinging on to him to this day. And how many of us got some clingy folk in our life? They just cling, and, and, and sometimes we like that they cling on us because sometimes we like to feel cling-worthy and needy and that important. But, man, it's not healthy. It's a codependent relationship. They need God, and, and, and they can't always be clinging on to you. And so you got to set up some social, healthy social boundaries and say, no. I can't come. No, I'm not returning that call. Or I'm not answering that. No, I'm turning my phone off right now. I love you, but I love my father more. I love my family more. People are in favor of you having healthy boundaries until your boundaries affect them. Yeah, yeah. They, they, yeah, you ought to protect yourself. Yeah, you ought to take care of yourself. Uh, uh. Don't call me right now. Wait a minute, what you mean I can't call you? I need some time for me. I need to love on me and have God love on me. Jesus kept some healthy social boundaries, man. He didn't let people rule him. Fourthly, he kept his word to himself. How did he love himself? Man, he kept his word to himself. Matthew chapter 28, verse 5. Again, after the resurrection. But the angel answered and said to the women... Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay. He's risen as he said. Is anybody glad that Jesus kept his word? Yeah, 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 yeah. Destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up again. No one takes my life. I lay it down of my own accord. And if I lay it down of my own accord, I have the authority to take it back up again. We're going into Jerusalem, Matthew chapter 16, where the chief priests and the scribes, they're going to lie against me. They're going to come against me. They're going to kill me. But on the third day, 
I will rise from the dead. The angel said he kept his word. He got up as he said he was going to get up. You not only benefit when you keep your word, but other people benefit when you keep your word. You see, Jesus kept the word to himself. I'm going to get up. He got up. He's going to go back to his father, man, benefit. But we benefit because he got up. So when we keep our word, we benefit ourselves and other people benefit from us keeping our word. Okay, I ain't coming through, so let me try a, a, a little bit different on this one here. It's time for you to keep your word. If you make a promise to yourself, love yourself enough to keep the promise you made with the help of God. If you make a promise to yourself, love yourself enough to keep your promise and speak it out loud when you promise yourself. Because another way for it to get into your spirit and for you to hold yourself accountable, speak it out loud. Pastor, what you talking about? Somebody need to say out loud, make a promise. I'm not going to call or text him again. Because you know you don't need to call or text him. You don't need to call or text her. Make the promise, keep the promise. But a lot of those folk know, you're not going to keep your word. You'll be back. <laughs> Love yourself enough to keep your word because that relationship is toxic and it's destructive. Uh, uh, promise yourself, uh, I'm not going to eat that way anymore. What did y'all eat last night? Man, I, I, I got to change how I eat. I got to change what it is. Keep that promise to yourself. Am I living to eat or eating to live? Man, I, I'm not going to watch that or listen to that anymore. Keep your promise to yourself. The worst kind of deception is self-deception. You be saying stuff knowing you ain't going to do it. I'm going to stop spending so much money. And I'm going to start saving money. Keep that promise. Child, I'm going back to church. <laughs> Not just on Easter. I'm going back. And I'm going to get involved. I'm going to take better care of myself. And I'm going to exercise. Jim going to be full tomorrow. <laughs> Come Friday. Keep the promise to yourself. Love yourself enough to keep your word. I'm going back to school and I'm going to graduate. Ain't that right, Sister Michelle? I'm going back to school. I'm going to keep my word. It's tough. It's hard. Come on now. I'm going to stop smoking. You made that resolution in private. <laughs> Speak it out loud. Promise yourself. Tell somebody. I'm going to stop drinking that brown liquor this year. I'm going to stop drinking the brown liquor. I got, got quiet in here, lost everybody. Uh, I'm going to read more. Keep the promise to yourself. I'm going to spend less time on social media. I sound like Martin Luther King right there. Less time! Get up in the morning, check the phone. Go to the bathroom, check the phone. Go here, check the phone. Go there, check the phone. We're spending more time on social media than we are with people. With God, with ourselves. Somebody said, man, I got a problem. Man, I'm, I'm on it too much. I'm TikToking, I'm tweeting, I'm this, I'm that. We need to cut back. Uh, 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 I'm going to spend more time with my children. 
Because if you keep that promise, it not only benefits you, it benefits them. God wants you to love yourself by keeping your word to yourself. Jesus said in Matthew 5, but let your yes be yes. And your no, no, for whatever is more than these is from the evil one. If you're going to do it, do it. And finally, how did he love himself? Jesus verbalized his needs. If you love yourself, you're going to verbalize your needs. Number one, his physical needs, he verbalized. John chapter 4, verse 7. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. Why does he need something to drink? The previous verse said he was weary. He sat down, which means he's thirsty. Give me a drink. But we think people know that we're thirsty when we don't say that we're thirsty. We think people can read our mind, especially our spouse or our family members, our children. They ought to know what I need. They ought to know what. No, they don't. You got to speak up and let, because we think that's just selfish. No, that means you love yourself. Let me imitate Jesus. Jesus said, man, give me something to drink. And then on the cross, he verbalized his needs and says, I thirst. And they put a sponge to his mouth and gave him something to drink. So if there's something that you need, you've got to verbalize it. I remember early days of the church, I would think the elders could read my mind about when I had a need. You know, something going on with my family or whatever. I, I would think they, could, they just knew. No, they're not omniscient. But the reason why I didn't tell them is because to tell people you need means you've got to humble yourself. Because we don't like being needy now. We, we like to think, man, I, I got it all together. No, you don't. If you love yourself, tell you what your needs are. And then Jesus also has some personal needs. Matthew chapter 26. It says, and he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. This is the Garden of Gethsemane. And he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death Stay here and watch with me. I need y'all right now. Voice your needs. Hey, man, I need you right now. Uh, uh, can, can, can you take my call right now? If God loved himself enough to verbalize his needs, would you pray for me, brother? Would you pray for me, sister? If Jesus did that, we should do the same. So what's this message about? Jesus commanded us to have love for God, love for others, and love for ourselves. That it's okay to love ourselves. God gives us permission to love ourselves. He even commanded us to love ourselves. And Jesus gave us an example of how to do it. He got alone with God. He knew when to rest. He set healthy social boundaries. He kept his word to himself. And he verbalized his needs. What did you need to hear today? Which one of these? Oh, I need to apply that right now. New year, new beginning, man, new life. Help me, Jesus. Well, when people go flying, they get on a plane and stewardess comes out and he or she gives instructions. Tell you how to buckle the seat belt and where the exit signs are, exits to get out. And, and then they also tell you, y'all know where I'm going. In case of a loss of cabin pressure, 
These masks will drop from the ceiling. Uh, uh, what you need to do is put yours on first. And then put help the person next to you. If you're traveling with a child or someone who needs assistance, then you put theirs on. But, but see, some of us are so spiritual. We're we trying to put other folk mask on. Because we don't need no oxygen. We, we, just, we just spiritual. But you're trying to help them, and because you're not getting any oxygen, you pass out. Now, both of y'all done passed out because you didn't heed the command to put your mask on first and breathe. Take care of yourself before you try to take care of somebody else. Strong Tower, I stopped by here today on January 1st, 2023, just to remind you to breathe first, to, to put your mask on first, to love yourself. Because in loving yourself, God graces you and empowers you and better equips you to love others. Next week, we're going to talk about loving your body. Y'all better come back next week too, all right? We're going to talk about body types in Scripture and how no matter the body type, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Because some of us don't love ourselves. But we're speaking the truth that God might set us all free. Let's stand for prayer. Let's stand for prayer. All right. Now, we know that you're joining a gym tomorrow. <laughs> but who wants to join the church today? I will be here at the end of service if you want to join the church. Start the year with the church home. Stop all that floating around. Ain't nothing spiritual about all that floating around. Man, get to know some people. Become interconnected and, and interdependent and accountable and undercovering. Come on, man, it's time. Yeah. New Year, you, you got all the stuff you're going to do. Join the church. If you're a believer in Jesus and you think this church can be the church for you, come on, fill this out, and we'll welcome you in. Let's pray together, everybody. Father, we thank you for this day that we could just celebrate you and love on you, and be loved on by you. Thank you for all the things you did today in this service. Lord, may we not be so quick to move on to the next thing without stopping and meditating on the present thing that you have done. Somebody needed Jewel's testimony today. Somebody needed a worship song today that they need to go and download and, and get it into their phone to be played. Lord, we heard a word today. We, we, we watched the master love on himself. Don't let us leave it in this church. Don't let us just say amen and go back out centering ourselves without centering you and having the right mindset to love ourselves. Help us to apply what the Holy Spirit is putting on our heart. We love you so much and we thank you. We are expectant not only for the year but for today because that's all we got. Tomorrow is not promised, so thank you for this day. And now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before his throne with exceeding joy to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power, both now and forevermore. And all of God's people said, amen. amen. Anybody love Jesus in here? Anybody love Jesus? Amen, 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 amen. We love Jesus, right?
Anybody love their neighbor? Anybody love their neighbor? Anybody love their neighbor? Anybody love themselves? Anybody love themselves? Anybody love... You're made in the image of God and he loves you. Oh my goodness. Love yourself because God sure loves you. Have a good day. Have a good day. Have a good day. And meet me down front if you need a church home.